What's happening, everybody? And welcome back to the Chaplaincy on the Go podcast. My name's Josh Zorhoff, and I am your host. I'm a teaching pastor and a therapist in the West Michigan area, and we are diving into a three-part series talking about loneliness, anxiety, and addiction. Over the past few years in the U.S., there has been an increase in loneliness, an increase in anxiety, and an increase in addiction to illicit drugs, alcohol, and also some elements of life that you might not think about. And I want to dive into that as we talk about mental health and the role of the church and spirituality and Jesus and how that all plays together. And I want to start out by talking a little bit about loneliness. 65% of Americans express right now that they feel lonely in their lives. Some people feel physically lonely, as in they are separated or isolated from other people. Some people feel alone in a crowd. They don't feel like they fit in or they don't feel like anyone understands them. And loneliness has become a real problem for Americans. Recent Recent studies have showed that loneliness is as deadly to us as smoking 14 cigarettes a day. You heard that right. Smoking 14 cigarettes a day is actually better for you than being lonely. And there's a lot of factors for that. But one of the primary reasons why loneliness is so damaging is because we need other people in our life in order to feel safe, in order to feel secure, in order to feel loved. And if we don't have that, it is so damaging on our brains and on our bodies. We need other people to heal. And a lot of times, Loneliness drives us into depression, drives us into addiction, drives us into negative and unproductive behaviors that can turn into destructive behaviors to us or to other people. And I want to talk about that a little bit with you. To say this, first of all, there is a solution to loneliness. And in order to tackle that, we need to acknowledge that relationships are really important. All of the evidence points to that. Statistically speaking, all of the research points to that, that if you have good relationships, you are healthier, you are happier, and you have an overall better experience in life. In fact, They're finding in research right now that if you don't have established healthy relationships by the time you are 50 years old, your life expectancy decreases significantly past 70. Most people who do not have solid relationships do not live a very long time past 70 if they make it there at all. The increase of heart disease 
is impacted by loneliness. The increase of depression is impacted by loneliness. And all of these items pay at a high price later on in life. From a biblical perspective, why it is so important for us to have relationships. There's a great book called Made for People. And I'm going to put the link to that book in the podcast note. In it, the author shares with us some of the powerful realities of working through loneliness and how to combat that and how to have friendships. And I also want to share with you some research from a book called The Soul of Desire and also The Soul of Shame. This is from Kurt Thompson. He is a psychiatrist and does a ton of work on neurobiology and how our neurobiology is actually impacted significantly by the relationships that we have in our life. And so I want to throw all of that together for you. But before I do that, I want to share a story with you that a friend of mine named Jerry shared with me. Jerry is from Africa. He is from Kenya. And Kenyan culture is a little different than American culture. And I want to share a story with you about the first time that Jerry interacted with Americans in his culture. Jerry worked at a church in Kenya, and some church people from America came over to visit Jerry's church. And Jerry was part of a team that picked up Americans at the airport. Now, the airport in Nairobi is massive and chaotic. And it is a long, long flight to get to Nairobi. When I flew into Kenya and I flew into Nairobi, we actually had to stop in Schiphol Airport in Amsterdam. And then we had to make our way over. And it was a very, very long trip. And and of course, when you're going, you have a lot of luggage because there's a lot that you need to do on these trips. And so these individuals that had gone from America to Kenya, were coming out of customs, and they were filled to the brim, their arms loaded with different bags and different luggage, and they were struggling to take their luggage. And now here's the interesting thing about Kenyan culture. Kenyan culture is all about hospitality. And so the natural impulse of Kenyan culture the natural impulse that Jerry had was to go to these people, take their bags off of their shoulders and carry their luggage for them because that's just what they do. And Jerry encountered something completely foreign to him as he did this work. He went up to a gentleman, he went to go take his bag, and the gentleman took a step back, put his hands in the air and said, whoa, 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 whoa. I got this. I got this. As if to say, I'm not comfortable with you taking my bag. I, I, I can handle this. Now, now, Jerry said that he looked at this guy and the guy was struggling. And Jerry thought, well, you say you got this, but it doesn't look like you got this. And that was his first interaction with 
American culture. And I think that highlights something for us as we launch into this conversation on loneliness. There's something about our culture. There's something about the way that we approach life in the United States that says, I got this. Meaning, I don't need help. I can do it myself. I can power through. You know, one of the greatest challenges that men specifically face in the United States is to ask for help. Most people don't want to do that. When was the last time you asked someone for help? How'd that go? If it went at all. You know, it's really fascinating. We have no problem helping someone when they ask us for help. But when we need help, somehow we feel like there's something wrong with us. And we resist the urge to ask for help. And I believe that that contributes to our loneliness. In fact, I'm certain that our inability to ask for help and our resistance to help and our attitude in life of, I got this, I'm fine, I can handle this, I'm good, is directly proportionate to the amount of loneliness that we feel. And I think the Bible actually has something to say about that. In the beginning of the created order, in the book of Genesis, we are given an account of human origins and really human history. God creates the world out of his goodness and love. And at the pinnacle of creation, God makes human beings. We read in Genesis 1, starting in verse 26, for those of you who may not be familiar, that God makes mankind, human beings, in his image. But it's really fascinating the language that God uses in that. We read these words. Then God said, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and the wild animals, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. God says, I am going to make human beings. But did you catch the beginning there? God says, let us make mankind in our image. Scholars suggest that this us language is a representation of community, that God exists in community. Now, in the Christian perspective, God is actually three people in one. All God, but three distinct persons. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Spirit. And these three in one make up what is called the Trinity. And the important thing to recognize here 
from a Christian worldview and perspective, which may not be the perspective that you take if you're listening to this podcast. And I'm I'm not here to force my faith on you. This is just a way to say, in the Bible, there is an account of creation and how we were made. And from a biblical Christian perspective, human beings were made from community. That God actually made us from community. There's something in our very beings, in the fiber of who we are, that stems from a source of community and friendship and relational love. And I want to tell you that as we, as human beings, create life in our children, our children are made from community. If everything works the way it's supposed to, the way it was made to, created to, life can only come forward from community. And ideally, community in love. Now, I I realize that sometimes children are brought into the world because there was not love, maybe because of uh, unfortunate circumstances or uh, challenges. But ideally, the way God set this up is that we would come into the world and life would come into the world through community. So we were made from community. But there's there's another interesting bit in the book of Genesis, specifically in Genesis 2, which gives us another perspective of the created order, specifically how human beings came into relationship with each other and the way that it works. We read these words in Genesis 2, the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. And the Lord God commanded the man, you are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For when you eat of it, you will certainly die. And here is a really important part. The Lord God said, it is not good for man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. So God creates human beings. But in this account of creation, the first being made is man. And God puts man in a garden and puts him to work, gives him a job. Essentially says, you're to take care of this garden. You're to take care of this good and beautiful world that I've created. And we don't know how much time passes, but God observes this man doing the work. And he observes how this man is working in the garden. And up until this point, God has seen that everything he has made is good until we get to this part where God sees the man working by himself and he says, not good. It is not good for the man to be alone. This is a powerful part of the story and really important given the fact that in the United States and in most interactions I've had with people over the years of my therapy and the years of my being a pastor, a lot of us take the perspective of, 
I don't need any help. I can do this myself. I've got this. And I just want to tell you, at the beginning of creation, at the foundation of human beings created, God says, I will make people from community, and I will make them for community. I will make people for relationship. It's not good for us to be alone, and it is not good for us to be lonely. And God changes that by creating relationship for people. If you're in a season of life and you are struggling with relationships, and if you're honest, you feel lonely, you feel left out, you feel alone in a crowd, you feel like everybody else around you has relationships and you don't, but you don't have anybody to talk to, you don't have anybody to, to interact with, or maybe you have relationships in your life, but none of those relationships are deep or meaningful. And you don't feel comfortable being able to say to someone, I'm not okay. I need help. I, I, I want to be able to share with you, but I don't know if I can trust you. There's a couple of reasons for that. First of all, it's because we're terrible at asking for help. But also, since the dawn of social and digital media, smartphones and all of that, we have gone deeper and deeper and deeper into isolation. And Facebook friends are not real friends. The people on social media that you are friends with, and I say that in like air quotes, friends with, they may be real friends, but the relationship that you have with them through digital media is nowhere near the same as you could face to face. And that's one of the dangers of social media is it actually tricks us into thinking that these relationships that we have, that we see, that we interact with, that we like, that we comment on, that those are the best that life has to offer. And they are a shadow of what a real relationship can be. And so be careful that you don't get sucked so into your social media or your digital media and your pseudo relationships that you miss out on the best parts of relationships, the, the best parts of what we were made for. Here, here's a suggestion. Just a thought. If you're feeling lonely, you feel isolated or left out, I'd recommend that maybe you pick two or three of your Facebook friends that you see on a semi-regular basis. Instead of like liking something on their social media account, this is going to sound crazy. It's crazy, but they actually still do this. I would encourage you to pick one or two or three of those friends. And when you see a picture of something that you love on their Facebook page or their Instagram story, Instead of making a comment on the digital device, get out a pen and paper 
and write a note of encouragement to them, put it in an envelope, stick a stamp on there, put their address down if you know what it is. Otherwise, you got to find out and mail it to them. Or if you don't know their address and you don't have the time to find out, just write it down, put it in your vehicle or put it in your purse. And then the next time you see them, make a plan and hand it to them. And just see, just see what happens. Get out of the social media world and make an effort to connect in a meaningful way beyond a digital post or a text message. It's so important to step into a deeper level of relationship. Here's another thought. I think one that's a little more challenging. The, the first one was easy. That's just making a comment and writing it down. Ask somebody for help. Ask someone for help. Something small. Something that isn't crazy. I like to ask people for help when I have a project at the house, even a project I can do myself. I like to ask people for help. One, because it forces me to get out of my mentality that I can do it myself. I have a friend. His name is Ben. If you've been listening to the podcast, you've heard me talk a little bit about my friend Ben. When I winterize my house and I know there's going to be a lot of work, I can do it all day on a Friday. I totally could do it by myself for the most part. But why, when I have somebody like Ben who will come in and give me a hand, I call Ben and I say, Hey, are you available on Friday? I'd love your help. Would you help me? He comes over. We have a much better time. Everything goes faster. But more than anything, it reminds me that it is okay to ask someone for help. Incidentally, if asking people for help is hard for you, try something really easy. Something like, could you help me by going to a store with me and thinking through buying Christmas presents for my kids? You have kids. I have kids. I'm kind of at a loss. Could you help me? Or would you maybe think through some different gift ideas with me for my spouse? You could do that. Or maybe it's a work thing. Or maybe it's party planning. Hey, I'm, I'm throwing a birthday party for a friend of mine. Would you help me think through some cool things to do at the party? Or I want to have a group of friends over for dinner. Would you help me plan the meal? Or would you help me think through cool drink options or great decorations? Maybe it's asking somebody to help with a project. Or maybe it's just asking someone to help you process through a really bad day. Maybe you call somebody and you say, I had a bad day and can you help me by listening to what I'm going through? 
And that leads to another point. When was the last time you shared something really personal about your life with another person who is not your spouse, if you're married, or your parents, if you're living at home or you have a deep connection with your parents? When was the last time you shared something significant, something painful, something hard that you're going through, or something that was really exciting or really cool? When was the last time you shared something of substance beyond sports, beyond the weather? Listen, it's not good for everybody to know everything about you. That's not healthy. But somebody should know something about you. In fact, I'd argue somebody should know everything about you to the degree you can share. I have a small group of friends in my life People that know, well, they know the worst about me. They know everything about me. In fact, in, in Made for People, the author suggests that friendship, true friendship, is when people know everything about you and love you anyway. I have people like that in my life. People I can call on a really bad day and I can be raw and honest and real and they will listen. Sometimes they will challenge. Sometimes they will pray for me, but they know the worst things about me and they love me anyway. And they love me in spite of that. And it is important to have at least one person in your life who can love you like that beyond your spouse or your parents. And I just want to ask you, do you have a person like that in your life? And when was the last time you told them what was going on? Maybe the easiest thing to do to take a step forward out of loneliness and into relationship and community is to share something about yourself with someone you trust that is more than what you typically share. As we enter into this new year, and for those listening, this podcast is being recorded in January of 2024. As we enter into this new year, let's consider how we can make deeper and more meaningful connections with the people in our lives. We were not meant to walk through life with the attitude. I got this. We were not meant to be alone. And for those of you who are listening, and you don't have an established faith community, again, I'm not here to push my faith on you, but I do want to suggest that one of the best places when it is working the way it's supposed to, to find relationship and good solid community is in the church. Get into a group of people that are journeying together to find the best possible version of themselves. I personally believe that we find those kinds of people in the church. And it's it's not just that they're striving to become their best selves, although that's part of it. They're also working to become more like God created them to be. And those are the relationships that are available in the church 
as it's intended to be. Maybe you've been to church before and it didn't go very well, or you were hurt by people in the church. And I I just want to say, it's true. People in the church make mistakes. I make mistakes. We all make mistakes. But the best place to find healthy community, as God made it to be, when it's working the way it's supposed to, is in the church. And so maybe you need to find a different group of people. Maybe you need to find a different church. And it's true. The easiest way for us to keep ourselves from being hurt by other people is to not be in relationships. But the damage that that causes is so much more significant on the back end. So you may need to risk a little trust. You may need to risk a little vulnerability. But I want to promise you that if you can engage this year in a consistent community of people that are striving to become everything that God made them to be, that is really going to help you combat loneliness and hardship that comes from being alone. Bottom line, you were made for community and you were made from community. It's how you were created. And if you want to overcome some of the loneliness that you feel, your first step is to strive to get into healthy relationships that can move you forward. If you would like some help with that, you'd like some conversations on possible churches or some areas where you can plug in, or if you're looking for some ways to connect with other people in more meaningful way, meaningful ways or in relationships that you already have to take those deeper, we'd love to help. Send us an email to chaplaincy at fearlessfollower.org or check out our website, fearlessfollower.org. You can also look at fearlesschaplaincy.org. We'd love to share with you, talk with you, help point you in the right direction. And if you'd love for us to come in and talk a little bit about anxiety, depression, loneliness in a company setting for your business, send us an email, share this podcast with a friend. We would love to help you engage in that way. We're going to continue on in our next conversation as we dive into anxiety and how we work through it in our lives. That's all we've got. We'll talk with you next time.